Welcome to Jello Wars and other battles with childhood cancer. I'm your host, Bob Wallace. Whoever thought that children with cancer would be the ones to lift us from our existential funk? Their wisdom, simple and personal, yet profound and universal, helps us circumnavigate these perplexing times. And fortunately, you don't have to walk in their hospital slippers to benefit. Jello Wars and Other Battles with Childhood Cancer. It's a book, it's a podcast, and it's life-changing. Because the kids have much to teach, and we, the healthy, have much to learn. Thanks for showing up. Nepal, home to some of the most remote, underdeveloped, and vulnerable communities on Earth. Elevate Nepal's mission is to help these people not only to survive, but to prosper. We are accomplishing this through four main initiatives, education, public health, employment, and improved infrastructure. After the 2015 earthquake, we built a brand new earthquake-resistant school for 700 students. We create sustainable jobs through agriculture programs and by working with farmers to grow world-renowned, high-quality coffee. In conjunction with our partners, we deliver free healthcare, medical equipment, and training to high mountain communities. In some of the most remote areas, people lack access to even the most basic human needs. Village residents are walking three hours round trip just to collect water. Women and children do multiple trips a day, often carrying 70 pounds worth of water uphill. We designed an advanced system to bring water, electricity, and sanitation infrastructure to every single house in three villages for the very first time. This will drastically reduce waterborne illness and provide a cornerstone to responsible development. But our work is not done yet. There are still multiple other villages with even larger populations that don't have access to educational programs, adequate public health, employment, and safe infrastructure. With your support, we will allow the people of these remote communities not only to survive, but to flourish. Be a part of our story and join us in our efforts to elevate Nepal. Elevate Nepal is a 501c3 nonprofit based in Flagstaff, Arizona, and a registered nonprofit with the Ministry of Social Welfare in Kathmandu, Nepal. Visit elevatenepal.org to learn more. Welcome back to Radio Lab. No? Welcome back to Smartless. Hmm. Welcome to Bandsplain. WTF? Last podcast on the left? Huh. All right. Welcome back to Jello Wars. Camp's coming soon, and yep, I'm excited. There's no place I'd rather be than in the tall pines with my campily. But remember, cancer is a serious disease. It's no joke. And childhood cancer is downright sad. Kids with cancer are... damn. They're hilarious. I mean, if you knew the kids I know, 
Seriously, I mean, you gotta go to camp. Speaking of which, let's get back to Jello Wars. Hair Larity. Cancer, like spam, can be hard to define. Also like spam, there's plenty around, but most people don't want to talk about it. Clearly, I'm not most people. In the last podcast, we discussed how spam can be gross, funny, cringeworthy, or awesome, depending on your perspective. Cancer and cancer treatment is not that different. Can you imagine taking medicine you know will promptly make you writhe, retch, and erp technicolor rainbows? Nothing funny about that, but it's the chemotherapy experience for many kids. Spending the night redistributing the smorgasbord into a plastic basin or painting a jello Picasso on the bedsheets is not a pleasant occurrence. No matter what you call them, nausea and repetitive vomiting are not fun. But Susan took that unpleasantness and turned it into a game. Susan and her comrades in chemo competed to see who could hold out the longest before tossing a sidewalk pizza. Side note. Susan will be the first to tell you she was never very good at the game. And yes, we're talking about puking. That's ingenuity. That's turning ugly into fun. Taking a bad situation and finding humor in it is a precious talent and a beautiful art form. Given the same circumstances, I don't know that I'd have the skills required. All kids go through the self-conscious stressors of trying to fit in. It's part of growing up. Not wanting to be different is a normal worry for an adolescent. But add alopecia to the child's list of concerns, and the pressures can be staggering. What is alopecia? It has to do with hair. Namely, the lack of it. Alopecia is a fancy medical term for hair loss, something that frequently accompanies chemotherapy. Give a child the chemo cut, and it's nearly impossible for them to not stick out. But leave it to the kids to put things in perspective. They'll tell you that your hair falling out can be monumentally tragic or a great source of fun, depending on how you look at it. Susan chose the latter. Losing my hair was no big deal, she says. It was expected, and once it's gone, you can spray paint your head. Red, purple, blue. Believe me, people look. Aubrey knew her waist-length hair would soon fall out. When that day came, she called up her friends and had a head-shaving party. We had fun with it, she says. We all took a turn in the chair, even my mother. With a laugh, Aubrey adds, and the first swipe is always right down the middle, so there's no turning back. After they were all shaved, they headed down to the high school to watch a volleyball game. She says, we really got some funny looks. Fourteen bald people all walking in together. And it didn't stop there. Aubrey's family and friends continued to shave their heads until her chemo was over and her hair started growing back. With everyone running around bald, she knew she wasn't alone. Aubrey, her mother, and sister all took their previously waist-length hair and donated it to Locks of Love, a nonprofit organization that makes wigs for cancer patients. Later, Aubrey received a wig from the same group. Side note. In addition to Locks of Love, 
Pantene Beautiful Lengths, Wigs for Kids, and the Childhood Leukemia Foundation all accept hair donations and provide wigs and wig-related products for children with cancer. Christy remembers being 15 and in tears as she watched her last bit of hair fall to the floor. She says, My friend, who routinely shaved his head, was there. He pulled out this big Hollywood hair wig, put it on, and pointed to the two of us in the mirror. He said, Look, Sinead O'Connor and Eddie Van Halen. Instead of crying, I found myself laughing, and we ran down the hall to show my parents. I was fine after that. Christy also donated her hair. As it grew back, each inch was significant. It was like I was an inch further from where I'd been with cancer, she says. By her five-year anniversary, her hair had grown down past her waist. I cut off two feet and donated again, she says, and then again for my ten-year anniversary. A bit of a rebel, Christy remembers being stuck in her hospital room on her 15th birthday, awaiting diagnosis. The doctors told her she either had cancer or cat scratch disease. They weren't sure which. I'm going down for cake, she told them. Let me know when you get it all figured out. Her obstinance continued throughout her treatment. When her favorite oncologist told her not to eat pizza, she'd be sure to bring a slice to their next visit. She did miss her previously long hair and always wore a wig to school. She says many people never even knew that she was ill. That is, until cheerleading tryouts. Determined not to let it get her down, Christy went from a radiation appointment straight to tryouts. When I dumped my wig for my gymnastics routine, a lot of people thought my hair had just fallen off. She laughs, but I'd taken it off myself. She always managed to find good in a difficult situation. Christy remembers, I was the only freshman to get out of school early. It was pretty cool. Of course, I had to spend my time getting radiation. But still, I got out early. She missed over 300 days of high school, but still managed to graduate on time with a high GPA and scholarships. Susan, Aubrey, and Christy are not the only ones with the ability to find fun within adversity. Far from it. Many cancer survivors echo this amazing capacity. Whether it's Nathan racing down the hospital corridors riding his IV pole, or Harvey laughing while pulling out handfuls of hair and tossing them out the car window on the ride home from chemo. The desire to enjoy life despite the obstacles is a constant. Laugh your heels, and having fun is good for you. We all know that, although some of us seem to forget it as we age. Even scientists have joined in the fun. Multiple studies have shown that a positive attitude, laughter, and fun are not just emotionally good for you, but physically good for you. Dr. Bob Croft says that working with children and families of children with serious diagnoses has been rewarding. But his credentials go much further than just being a physician. He's a veteran camp counselor and a legend at telling campfire stories. Ask him about Rupert, but be sure you have some time on your hands. While discussing the amazing examples of positive attitude demonstrated by the campers of Camp Sunrise, Dr. Bob says, I don't know that you can develop this type of attitude toward life without going through something huge like cancer. He credits the kids for his choice of career. 
Without camp, he says, I don't think I'd be a doctor today. Laughter helped me get through my cancer, Jason tells us. He was almost 17 when he went through chemotherapy, surgery, more chemo, and radiation. Jason lost all his body hair, even his eyebrows. He laughs as he remembers. I didn't have any zits, though. That was cool. Jason explains that chemo drugs kill everything, including acne. That was one of the few upsides to chemo. No zits. Jason had most of his gluteal muscle removed from his right side. And I've done everything half-assed ever since, he jokes. He was hairless when he finished up his Eagle Scout merit badge and claims to have been the only bald eagle in the state. Lacey and Brittany, the self-proclaimed fashion queens of the Ladybug Cabin, have been through a lot, too. And they've retained their undeniably positive attitudes. Talk to them, even for a moment, and their infectious laughter will dissolve any concerns you may have about your own day. Brittany, a beautiful 11-year-old with cornrowed hair, remembers her days in the hospital. The Big Castle, that's what I call it. It's okay, but kind of scary. The nurses are pretty cool, though. Best thing of all is you can ring your call bell anytime, and they'll bring you Fruit Loops. Lacey, a ten-and-a-half-year-old, high-volume, high-intensity, vibrant redhead, announces that she's celebrating her fifth anniversary being out of treatment. Five years, twelve hours, and some minutes, she clarifies. To Lacey, the worst thing about being in the hospital was missing being at home with her friends and family. Ever since my treatment, I can't do contact sports. But, she adds, I can dance and sing. The two girls demonstrate their skills with an impromptu concert, complete with choreography. While inpatient at Phoenix Children's Hospital, Liz and her friend Jake kept the nursing staff on their toes. We were the night owls, she tells me. The two of them acquired fake teeth and wandered into other units posing as hillbillies. We also had silly string, whoopee cushions, and a remote control rat with red blinking eyes. The night shift nurses were afraid to come in our rooms. She goes on. Messing with the nurses helps you stay sane. Once, when feeling mischievous, I poured apple juice into my sterile specimen cup that was supposed to be for my urine sample. Just as I was handing the cup to the nurse, I pulled it back, looked at it closely, and said, It's a bit cloudy. Then, to the nurse's horror, I drank it down. Liz laughs, adding, I told her it needed to be filtered one more time. Dr. Madan Katari would appreciate Liz's story. He's been dubbed the guru of giggling. Dr. Katari pioneered a new form of therapy called Hasya Yoga, or laughing yoga. It incorporates yoga breathing and a little stretching, but skips the traditional poses and mostly just involves laughing. And laughing. And laughing. Dr. Katari began with five pupils telling jokes back in 1995. He soon realized the jokes were often not that funny and wholly unnecessary. So they dropped the jokes and just laughed for the sake of laughing. Now there's over 16,000 laughing clubs in 60 countries around the world. Laughter helps motivate our bodies to heal, but a constant diet of full goose belly laughs is not actually required. Any expression of delight will do. Anything that brings you joy or makes you smile has been proven beneficial, both physically and emotionally. 
Perhaps the biggest benefit of joy and laughter is that they're free of charge and have zero negative side effects. If we learn anything from a child who's been through cancer, it's that life can be a comedy, even during the worst times, and every day provides reason to celebrate. The first Sunday in June is designated as National Cancer Survivors Day. But, if you ask the over 420,000 childhood cancer survivors in the U.S., I think you'll find that most celebrate every day. This episode's statistics, courtesy of the St. Baldwick's Foundation. Thanks for tuning in to Wallace Books and the Jello Wars podcast. The kids of Arizona Camp Sunrise have been my greatest mentors, and they're here to assist you, too. You can find additional episodes of the podcast and more about the book, Jello Wars, and other battles with childhood cancer at wallacebooks.com. That's W-A-L-L-A-S-S books.com. Just go to the website or search Wallace Books wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to subscribe and like. You can learn more about Arizona Camp Sunrise at azcampsunrise.org. Podcast theme music by M-Dub Music. Sound effects from Sonic Boom. Keep listening to Wallace Books Jello Wars podcast and let the kids change your life for the better. See you down the road.